Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Well, welcome again. I am more than excited for today's show because it's our first town hall. So buckle up, get your coffee. Come on, y'all. Grab your coffee. Mm -hmm. All right. We are all saying cheers to you. We're cheers. going to <laughs> cheers to you. Go ahead. Cheers, cheers to you. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> we want you to stay with us the entire show because this prestigious group of leaders I have with me today are going to be talking about one of the most relevant and compelling topics that everyone is discussing, and that is what's happening with coming back to the workplace. So let me have a sip, then I'm going to start. You ready? Mmm. I needed that. All right. Well, you know, many of us are wondering what's next <laughs> in this workplace where people have operated for home from home since early 2020. And leaders everywhere, including these four, are examining if and how they should have their employees return to the workplace. And we're all still learning. What's that going to look like? What should it look like? Well, stay tuned. You know, as I have coached and worked with companies over the last 25 years in my leadership development firm, I've seen firsthand how leaders have grown and uh, really had an impact and influence in their roles. But I tell you what, now with COVID, wow, what I am seeing, and you are too, because I'm seeing that the leaders today are rising to the occasion. It's really as simple as that. They're making the good decisions about their businesses, and they're nurturing as best they can the employees in unprecedented ways. So today, that's what we're going to talk about. And I have a new name for this. It's called the next normal. Forget the new normal, right? We like talked that. about that when yeah. I talked with each of you, which I always do. I always meet my guests ahead of time. I, I think that's important. It's the next normal. Or the new reality. Or the new reality. <laughs> right. That's a good one, yeah. Paul. Absolutely. And so um, before I make the formal introductions, uh, I also was thinking just last night about the word shepherd, because I think this is what you all and other leaders are doing. You're really being shepherds. And what do I mean by that? Well, you're each doing your best to be responsible for the well-being of your people, the needs of the customers, and the financial health of the organization, which, of course, you must do. And while at the same time maintaining your own well-being. 
So without any further ado, I'm going to put on my glasses because I don't want to miss anything in their bios. So here we go. To my right, Carrie. Hi. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> Carrie, it's because of you that uh, several people have been uh, nominated to be on this show and, and are here today. Happy and so to be here. I really thank you for that. So here's about the wonderfulness of Carrie. She serves as Executive Vice President and Chief Administrative Officer of Vistra, overseeing the functions of human resources, corporate affairs, corporate security, and facilities management. Prior to her current role, she was the Executive Vice President of Human Resources at Vistra's predecessor, many of you know, Energy Future Holdings Corporation, leading the human resources functions across EFH, corporate and its subsidiaries, Luminant and TXU Energy. She was previously Vice President of HR at TXU Energy, where she was originally recruited in 2006 as a Human Resources Director to support the power generation business in its construction and expansion efforts. Prior to joining TXU Energy, Carrie was Director of HR in Delinea Corporation, a software services company targeting the energy industry. And before that, she was director of HR at, and you're going to have to pronounce this, Netraki? Netrake. Netrake. Boy, did I miss that up. <laughs> I'm one of so the original voiceover IP <laughs> chip companies. Okay. Back in the telecom mm -hmm. boom. Just yesterday. Yes. Just yesterday. Just yesterday. And she began her career in the executive search business as a consultant for Ray and Bernston, supporting the technology uh, practice. Now, in addition to all that, Carrie sits on the board of the Women's Business Council Southwest. She holds a bachelor's degree in marketing and a master of business administration from Texas Christian University. Did I get it all right? You got it. Welcome, Thank Carrie. You. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Appreciate that. And now, Miss Jenny, to my left, Jenny Kissling. Jenny is the Global President and Chief Operating Officer for Ryan Dallas Office and leads Ryan's global operations in the United States, Canada, Europe, and Asia Pacific. And you used to travel there, right, mm -hmm. Jenny? Yes. <laughs> Not so much now? Not so much now. When, no. was, the, when was the last time? Last business trip uh, was over a year ago. Oh, boy. The trips that I've made have been vacations. So. <laughs> Well, we're all ready we are, for We are Zoom experts. I've taken, <laughs> I've taken three hours of Zoom training, so uh, that's it's all Zoom. It's all <laughs> Zoom, and now here you are on this panel. Exactly. What else is she about? Well, she's a member of the Board of Managers and a principal at Ryan's Dallas office. Now, Ryan specializes in providing transaction tax services, including multi-state audit defense representation, research, reverse audits, and transaction tax education on a national basis. In addition to transaction tax services, Jenny is an industry-recognized expert in the Texas Enterprise Zone Program, TEZP, which is a business incentive for capital investment and new or retained jobs and other state and local incentives in Texas. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you. Did I get so it all right? You did, yes. <laughs> all right, good. Here we go. And to my right, 
Dr. Darren D'Agostino, and he actually had been previously on the show just a couple of weeks ago. So if you haven't seen his show, be sure and tune in. Dr. D'Agostino is the new provost and chief academic officer at Texas Tech University of Health Science Center. The scope of his job responsibilities spans all academic programs at TTUHSC. That's a <laughs> mouthful, Darren. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and how these programs interface with the communities with which the students, faculty, and staff interact. Dr. D'Agostino began his career at Hartford Hospital, where he became Director of Medical Education. Here, he was instrumental in developing the graduate medical education expansion in the state of Connecticut for the American Osteopathic Association. His family relocated, we're glad, to Fort Worth, where he served as chair of the Department of Medicine at the University of North Texas Health Science Center. For 10 years, he led and participated in clinical programs, teaching, and research related to expanding the services in healthcare for the DFW communities. Darren believes that a paradigm shift in current medical education is occurring. He's convinced that pre-doctoral education must embrace innovation, that's true, and exploration of new clinical applications to enhance the patient, thank you, experience, <laughs> as well as create safe and healthy communities. So thank you, Darren, and welcome back. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. It's so good to have you back. And Paul, to my left, as Senior Vice President of HR for Hunt Consolidated, Inc., Paul Hoffman is responsible for providing a full range of human resources support to the diversified set of Hunt companies. He joined the organization in 2003 as director of HR for Hunt Oil Company. Prior to joining Hunt, Hoffman was divisional vice president of human resources for Dynagy, Inc., where he managed the human resources function for the marketing and trading division. Paul began his career with Illinois Power Company, where he served for 18 years in various operations and human resources roles. He served as vice president in human resources prior to Illinois Power's merger with Dynagy. Paul's a member of the Society of Human Resources Management, is a graduate, business graduate, from Eastern Illinois University and holds an MBA from Arizona State University where my daughter graduated from. Go Sun Devils. Welcome, Paul. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Well, let's just get started. I, I would like to start my questions, Carrie, with you and Dr. D'Agostino. Okay. Uh, you know, as I as I already said, I'm kind of moving from the term of new normal to next normal or what Paul said. And then you just think about week to week things are changing. And so I've got a new term, and that's the week that was. <laughs> so I'd like for the two of you to talk about this for a moment. What With this recent surge in COVID, um, cases due to the Delta variant. How are you, we'll start with you, Carrie, how are you flexing your return to work policies? Well, every day, it yeah. seems like. Um, you know, 
first and foremost, we want to keep our employees healthy and do our best to keep anyone from getting sick because they came to work. Um, we operate power plants in 20 states. Those employees, close to 3,000 of them, have been working every day yeah. the whole time. So, you know, they don't have a choice. They have to be there. And, and we, with masks or without? With masks right now, indoors. So we went through a, where they were with masks until we we have adopted, we follow the CDC, okay. you know, because there's so many opinions out there. We were talking earlier, doctor, that we try to keep our employees, this is what we're going to do, CDC and OSHA. That's what we do. And usually sure. OSHA follows the CDC. And so when uh, they said that you could take your masks off indoors if you were vaccinated, we allowed our employees to do the same. And we have been tracking vaccinations of our employees from the very beginning. So we were able to know who was vaccinated and who wasn't. And if you were vaccinated, you could take your masks off. Now those people are putting the, have now put their masks back on because the CDC says you have to put them back on indoors. So we will follow and we will continue to follow them, um, their advice and, and OSHA's um, for that. And so our return to work for the rest of our employees, we also have some, I should say, at our headquarters that are essential workers that are, are in our operations center on our trade floor, et cetera, that have also been coming in. And they follow the same rules that our field employees do. But for the everyone else, we have been, you know, had planned to come back in September. In September. Mm-hmm. As a, and we went, put together a hybrid work policy like everybody else. Sure. In, you know, three days a week in, two days a week out, et cetera, et cetera. And then when um, we started getting a little bit of divisiveness around vaccinated and unvaccinated employees. From from the employees. Right. And people concerned about coming back and how would they, how would, what would happen if I have to wear a mask and someone else doesn't. Mm -hmm. And we decided at that time, even before the surge happened, that, you know, we've worked really hard to keep our company unified for the last year and a half. And we just didn't want to do that to ourselves. So we pushed out our, our required return to work to January, early on, or, you know, before the surge really hit. But we were going to allow vaccinated employees to come in starting in September voluntarily. So as many days a week as you want. If you are vaccinated, you can start coming into the office. Because we had a bunch of people who really wanted to come in and were disappointed when we pushed it out to January. So... But now we've pushed that off because we don't want to bring, and also because we know even if you're vaccinated, you can still transmit it. So uh, we've now just said, hold the phone. We'll get back to you. <laughs> you know, so, so that even the voluntary return of vaccinated people is now uh, delayed until we kind of, this process settles down. So all that being said, <laughs> it's just an evolving process and you just have to, but always keeping in mind, how do we keep people safe? Yes, that's number one. Absolutely. Well, Carrie, <laughs> what would you add? What's going on at uh, the university? What she said. <laughs> <laughs> that's easy. The, um, it's very interesting. You know, we also have one added factor that's playing into this, and that is students are returning to school. So in a very real sense, there's been an influx of thousands of kids coming onto our campuses, and we need to um, 
constantly morph, evaluate, look at the things that are going to be necessary to keep people safe. Um, we have certain restrictions on the things that we can do and we can't do. And uh, with that playing field, we have to come up with the answers in order for people to feel safe and be safe on campus. Um, the thing that's very interesting that I'm learning now is uh, the issue is not really the virus anymore because we know so much about it. We have a Delta variant that's highly infectious. We have um, 50 to 60% of the people, I'm not sure we truly have the number of how many people are vaccinated and we have even less information on the number of people that have mounted immunity to it and how long that will last. And so with all of these factors, the things that we have at our disposal are mitigation strategies and that's what we have hmm. to focus on. And this is, this is an important piece because it'll get into, I think, some of the, the conversation we'll have today. The, the vaccines are preventing disease. They're preventing us from getting sick from the disease, going into the hospital, dying from it. But mitigation strategies prevent us from getting infected. Now, what do you mean mitigation? So things like masks, physical distancing, cleaning surfaces, mm -hmm. making sure if you cough, you cough into your elbow. Uh, if you're sick, you stay home. So the strategies we have to prevent people from giving the virus to others are, are critical right now. And those are directly related to behaviors. And that's what we're focusing on is what are our behaviors? What are we doing to protect others from getting this virus? And, um, and so far it's working. Now, do we have people who are getting infected even though they've been vaccinated? Yes. Are they going into the hospital? Generally, no. We do see that happen, but it's a very, very mild course in most cases. Uh, in the area that we are at, in all of our campuses, remember we have six campuses we have, um, we have our colleges on. And in those different regions, we have different prevalence rates and different infection rates and different vaccine rates for all of the people. And so it's adding multiple variables to this. So we have to focus on what can we control personally to help protect others because the variables change the playing field on an hourly basis. Yeah. My goodness. Well, we could talk for an hour on just that one question, but let's yeah. keep going. So Jenny and Paul, I have a question for you, and that is we're seeing inflation and earnings suffering, uh, higher prices, a shortage in the talent pool. So how are you able <laughs> to forecast effectively when you're making these decisions and what kind of conversations are going on, you know, behind the scenes with the people who are making these decisions? Jenny? Wanna go first, Jenny? Sure. Well, I think flex is, is the word, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> Flexibility yeah. is, is it. Um, and we're keeping close tabs on it. So we, we look at all of our um, forecasting models and make sure that it's um, we're in line with what we had budgeted, yeah. our plan versus where we're at today. Um, thankfully, our turnover is at 12%. So we've had relatively low turnover. Um, and as What's we look average? back at that. What's average? Jane? It can you be anywhere. It can be anywhere. Professional services firms can be up to 15%. So it okay. really just depends. And it also depends upon the region, too. So, um, so I mean, we're, we're looking at our turnover metrics. They've, it's, it's been a, a war on talent, though. I mean, it's hard to find talented people. Um, we're losing talented people. Um, so we are constantly evaluating our compensation, um, total compensation, making sure that we're in line yeah. with market, um, continuing those market studies. 
And um, I think it's, it's really looking also at the pulse of our people. So our Great Places to Work survey results uh, recently, uh, we had 96% res- engagement survey on that, which is an incredibly high engagement. My goodness. Um, it's amazing. And so we, we pulse our people a lot. There are lots of feedback loops for us to see how they're feeling, what's going on, how can we be better as an organization. Um, and we really believe in that. So every month we've got a town hall meeting. Um, we call it Team Talk. And the CEO hosts it, 30 minutes of prepared comments, 30 minutes of Q&A, and he takes all questions, mm-hmm. every question. He, can, he does his best to get through all of them. Nothing's off limits. Um, and, and we also have another system called Ryan Pride. It's a feedback loop where you can also recognize your coworkers for a good uh, job, a job well done. You can put um, how you're feeling that day. Uh, we lean in a lot to well-being. We have a system called Ryan Thrive. Um, which is, is a well-being system. So, and it's all different aspects of well-being. So, from financial to um, you know aging parents to any kind of assistance that you may need. Um, weight loss programs. I'm going to sign up for that one soon. I've decided. I've decided tomorrow's the day. It's not today. But it's going to be tomorrow. Okay. Um, and so it's it's really just making sure that we're keeping a pulse on our people. So we're we're uh, you know we've had record uh, results so from an earnings perspective, record revenue. So from a services perspective, I mean, our clients still need tax help. And so thankfully, we've been there. We've been an essential business from day one. So we never closed our offices. Hmm. And, um, but we also have let our offices, the people who need to be in the office, or something we call role reality, that if you are a mailroom person, if you're someone that's a receptionist role, you have to be in the office. So we sure. want to make sure those folks are, um, are safe in the environment that they need to be in for those who can work at home, that they do work from home. So That engagement percentage... Mm-hmm. Is amazing. Mm-hmm. Is there, amazing. It, isn't yeah. it? Oh yes. Right. Is there one? I mean, we'd all like to know this. Is there yeah. one thing that you you've been there forever and you're running a big, big group? What's What's the major reason? Um, I I think it's the transparency. I feel like it's uh, the transparency that we have as an organization, encouraging that communication, uh, walk the walk, talk the talk. It's very important that we we live by those values. So it's, um, it's an open environment, and, and we, I mean, I have a coffee chat with the, uh, with the new hires. I host that started with COVID. Um, you and I talked about this beforehand, mm-hmm. some of the fun things that we did to try to keep everybody engaged. I'll, I remember last year, it was April. Um, I remember, remember thinking, oh, gosh, I really miss seeing my clients. I really want to get out there and see my clients. And, you know, because I'm used to traveling every week. I mean, it's, it's just what you do in the consulting world. Uh-huh. And, um, and that just went away and it was April and I thought, I want to do a Cinco de Mayo, like margarita making class. Let's do that. So I called the events team. I said, let's get a margarita making kit together. Let's send that to a group of clients that want to get together and learn how to make, you know, Texas margaritas. I quickly learned the, the liquor laws don't allow easy um, transmission of tequila across state lines. Too much, too, it got too complicated very quickly. I said, let's go to wine. So we quickly pivoted to wine events with clients. And so we did Wine Wednesdays. Um, and then it got us thinking, well, wait a minute. If we're going to do Wine Wednesdays for clients, what can we do for our own people, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've hosted events. We did um, a charcuterie <laughs> and cheese board making class here locally in Dallas where um, I had um, a woman who does these and she would ship out kits to the team members that I was going to get with together. And she'd show us how to make a charcuterie and cheese board. So just you got to think about yep. creative ways to keep that engagement out there. 
yeah. um, of your people, you know, and it's not just pe- you know free pizza on Fridays anymore in the office. It's, <laughs> that's gone away. That's, been, that's there, right. been there, done that. Been there, done that. You got to do, and it's 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 not the margarita making, although that sounds like fun. But no. <laughs> right. And we are going to talk about innovation a little bit later. Paul, weigh in on this. I, I want to work for Ron. Yeah. <laughs> Great. It's working. Yeah. We're going to keep that on the, on the show. I, I think yeah, for, for me, it's, you know, we're, we're making this up as we go along. Yeah. No, no company has a playbook mm-hmm. for, you know, how to do what we're doing, how to forecast, how to stay engaged with your employees when you're largely working from home. So a lot of us network with, you know, with each other. What are other, what are other organizations? I learned a few things from, from Jenny just now. What are other organizations doing uh, to, uh, you know, to stay engaged with their employees and also return, return to work? We, like Jenny, we, uh, we've pulse survey our employees frequently, uh, particularly during this period of time. Uh, just to find out what they want. We did one you know, several months ago about working from home. We use the results from that to kind of shape our, uh, what, what our new reality will hopefully look like when we, when we get there. We put a pause on ours as well. Uh, so it, it's, it's just listening to the employees, feedback loops, cha- feedback channels. Uh, we use a lot of, uh, from a compensation standpoint, uh, we, uh, we want to remain competitive. We've, we've, sure. uh, Use market-based surveys for for years, and we'll continue to use that intelligence to make sure we're we're paying our employees, you know, uh, competitively or even more than you know, more than good. competitively. So it's really about listening to your employees, talking to your employees. Uh, our owners have done a lot of uh, we call it "ask me anything," where you know they are you know on camera, much much in a setting much like uh-huh. this, hmm. uh, and employees are able to ask them anything they want. So the transparency and the communication has really been really been very, very important uh, you know throughout throughout this this whole time. I also think there's some advantages that uh, we have learned as uh, you know things that we're doing now that we weren't doing before the pandemic. Uh, I feel as a global company, we've been way, way more inclusive with uh, with our folks around the world because mm-hmm. we don't have to go there. Uh, we can include them in meetings just by pushing Zoom. Them, Zoom, Zoom, or, Zoom. Or, yeah. <laughs> so it it, it yeah, we have we did last year. We did a global Christmas party with everybody. Uh, oh, you know wow. things that just I I feel we've started some you know new things that some good things have come out of this that uh, that I feel will continue. So see, I love to yeah. hear that. Mm-hmm. We're all so used mm-hmm. to hearing the down, 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 down. Mm-hmm. And there have been some good things, which we'll, we'll keep talking I, you know, about that. I yeah, think that's I, I, I really think this pandemic has accelerated trends that were already out there. You know, working from home, flexibility. It was, it was mm-hmm. there. It, it, we're just getting there five, years, <laughs> five to ten years faster than, than we would have otherwise. Who would have known? Yeah, right. right. That's excellent. That's excellent information. Uh, well, speaking and tagging on the innovativeness, Carrie, I, I wanted to ask you this question. It seems like it seems like with this talent shortage that they have the power now, right? Um, and so we know it's a developing story, and it's thrown it's really thrown a, a wrench in everything. So tell us about you and I talked about some things that you've been doing innovatively, as sure. they have said. We started early on doing, uh, we did weekly town halls for a long time and then turned into monthly. And our CEO does the same thing and people submit their questions. He answered every single one of them. 
Um, and we use that, and it's it's amazing to me the the transparency and the relationship that he has personally built with our employee base that he would not have otherwise built. There you go. Had he not been doing this once a month, and they feel like they can email him about anything anytime, mm -hmm. and they do, which <laughs> is great, you know. Or the and so that I think that connection with employees is really important. We do tons of poll surveys too about, you know, we went through a, a deal early in the middle of last year where we, when we knew we were going to come back in a hybrid uh, way mm -hmm. whenever we came back, where we said, okay, we're going to let everybody set up an office at home and at work. So we sent a survey out and said, who needs, right. you know, uh, mm -hmm. monitors? Who needs this? Who needs that? And shipped all this stuff to all these people mm -hmm. so that they, and now we're sending, you know, doing another survey saying, okay, when you originally left, what did you take from the office that we now need to replace at the office <laughs> so you can come back to the office? So we, we recently did that survey. So we're ordering all the stuff so that eventually people will be able to come back and have what they need at the office. So, that's why I can't get monitors. That's exactly <laughs> They're all right. going to your right. company. Right. Um, so things like that so people feel comfortable and like they have a good work environment at home. And we had people actually send us pictures of oh. their work from home office. And it was so funny. And he, then we put, did them on the live stream when people had like, I'm in the attic and here's the box <laughs> with my computer or I'm outside or I'm, you know, it was really fun. And their kids are all in the background and it was great. Um, so trying to get employees to, it's more of a two-way thing. Um, we have... A Halloween event every year that's really important to our company culture where employees, uh, we have a huge competition in, in our headquarters building and we do things all around the country. And then all the, at three o'clock on that day, everybody's kids come and oh. trick or treat and oh. they're in their mm -hmm. costumes. And so last year we were like, how in the world? We can't not have Halloween. So in all of our offices, we had drive-through Halloween and we had employees volunteer and they were dressed up and then the kids were in their cars in their costumes and they trick-or-treated through to the mm -hmm. parking garage, Aww. which is a brand new parking garage that we've never used yet <laughs> that we built. You have now? It, it was finished, you know, right as in April of, of 2020. So we're like, it's really pretty when you drive by, but we used it for our Halloween. Um, so things like that to try to stay in touch with our employees, um, I think is, is a way to innovate. And then I also think I think what's really important is finding ways to that we're working on now, kind of you, you've kind of got all this other stuff down, right? But mm -hmm. how do you help employees still develop their careers and move mm -hmm. through the organization and mm -hmm. get the training that they need? Because we, are, the realization that we have no idea how long this is going to last and and we have a ton of employees that we want to keep that can get jobs at other places pretty easily. Mm -hmm. You know, development and the equal equity and opportunity for people across the company is something that we are really working hard on. So innovating, innovative ways to do training, because you can't do in-person training anymore. Innovative ways to make sure your job postings are marketed so that people get the opportunities that they need. How are our people interviewing? You know, those are the types of things that we're really focusing on now so that regardless of whether we're in a work from home, hybrid, because when hybrid, that's still like that. Not mm -hmm. everyone won't be in the same place at the same time. How do we ensure the development of our people and the equal 
access to opportunities across the board. And so those are the new areas of innovation that I think all of mm -hmm. corporate America are struggling with. And that we're going to probably see, just like Paul said, with, with all these other things, some real innovation acceleration, I think, because we're going to have to do that to keep our people. Mm -hmm. Can I add to that? Mm -hmm. So uh, in health professions, uh, we have the exact same thing happening. The challenge is, is our accrediting bodies and our board exams and certifying bodies and licenses to be able to practice medicine or to become a nurse or to move into the laboratory sciences are relatively fixed. So we still have to be able to get people these skills. And one of the deep dives we had to do in, um, in the health-related education professions was actually decide what must be face-to-face -face with a clinician, what must be hands-on, where we had to take a risk, bring on risk by putting people in the same room, using mitigation strategies to try to protect them. Otherwise, the rest of it is primarily didactic or distance education. So it was very easy to convert that to distance education, but it's not so easy to meet accreditation requirements and certification requirements when people are not face-to-face. -face. We add on top of that the challenges with getting health profession students into hospitals, which has to be face-to-face. -face. And so these hybrid models can work to our advantage, but we still have to meet pretty rigid criteria to be able to get certification and move future health professionals into the field and have them be safe and effective for the patients. So unique challenges. Unique. They're all unique challenges. Yeah. What kind of, um, what kind of employee are you now looking for that maybe is a little different than in the past? Jenny? Gosh, I mean, you know, immediately, like, immediately, I go to resilience, mm -hmm. but that's what this—that's what this has all been about. Uh huh. Um, then you go to okay, well, the traditional—did they do an internship? Did they not? Then you have to think about that. That a lot of them didn't get the opportunity to do an internship. Right. You know, I think about last summer, um, at least in the you know the professional sure. services yeah. area, uh, we were the only ones that kept our internship program. We had seventy interns last summer. And I went and I actually um, had a, a dinner with four interns that were leaving last summer. And I said to them, out of all of your friends, like, how, did y'all, how many of them had internships or not? And they said, all of my friends, all of their internships were canceled. Ours was, mm -hmm. you know, thankfully Ryan kept it, right? But mm -hmm. they all had different experiences. Some came to the office, some were all remote. Mm -hmm. It was very interesting. So my mind immediately goes to resilience, but I sit here and say, gosh, I, I mean, how do you define that? It's, it's, that's, it's a different way to define resilience today mm -hmm. as opposed to what it was two years ago. So um, I, I, sure. it, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's totally the, the labor market has shifted um, and you're looking for folks who, I mean, at Ryan, you got to be entrepreneurial. You got to be the best. I mean, we're the neurosurgeons of tax. We're specialty tax <laughs> providers. Right. So you've got to want to be specialist. You got to understand it. So I love talking with the new hires right out of college, talking with the interns. You know, we do coffee chats with those. That's my favorite thing to do. Uh, I'll let the CEO handle the tough questions <laughs> in the town hall, and I'll go take the, you know, the more informal coffee chats to get to know you kind of things. Those are more fun for me. Um, but the labor market's a, it's a different animal today, and I would say resilience is probably the answer, but I think it's a different one. look than what it used to be. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. Paul, I'm going to throw this at you. Uh, kind of has to do with, with 
uh, what she's talking about, what are you looking for in the new hires. I'm going to take it to the leaders. And actually, Carrie gave me this question I'd like you to answer. You know, you as leaders are uh, struggling with your own well-being. Mm -hmm. So to the audience, I would throw this out and ask Paul to answer it, which is everyone is um, getting fatigue, mental fatigue. Right, Carrie? And so we talked about the fact that employees can help the leaders. Yes. Because the leaders have been taking the brunt. And you know what? They're tired, too. <laughs> so let's get out my perspective. Let's get out of our shoes and get into the boss's shoes. From your perspective, what is something that your, your direct reports can do to support you? Wow, that's a, that's a wonderful question. Isn't that a great, thank you, Carrie. That's a wonderful question. First, I think leaders, not just me, but leaders need to show that they're vulnerable. They're, they're open, yeah. uh, you know, open to that. Uh, you know, I've seen leaders become much more in touch with themselves, uh, much more in touch with the people that they work with. Uh, you know, Carrie was talking about uh, the different offices. You, not, you never really saw your employees with their children before. Mm -hmm. uh, now you see the whole person, yeah. And we need to show them, uh, you know, the whole person, you know, whole person as well. Uh, what they can do for me is continue to be flexible and adaptable. <laughs> and uh, I don't know all the answers, uh, and I'd like I'd like their opinions too. Share their mm -hmm. opinions with me. Can I tack onto that one? You can. It would also be encouraged communication. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. if you're not encouraging and asking for that two two way dialogue, they're keeping it bottled in. They're they're yeah. you know, you have to have that two way dialogue now more than ever to find out what's going on, how you can be a better uh, leader of people, what people may be thinking. Yeah. Um, and you know, to also tack on to you know, we're now seeing their personal lives because yes. of Zoom, right? Mm -hmm. You're on Zoom mm -hmm. and and you see their child walk into the back and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, they, they want to like get their children out of the, the like screen. <laughs> and I say, <laughs> and I want to make them comfortable with that. It's yeah. like, it's okay. You know, yeah. is that your daughter? Hi, how are you? Mm -hmm. Say hi. And, yeah. and, and I love that aspect. That's uh -huh. the positive aspect. And it hit me last week that our team members, they've let us into their lives, yeah. right? Totally. I mean, and that's, that is a gift. Mm -hmm. That is a gift that we, you know, I didn't, hadn't thought of it from that lens of, you know what, I, I was thinking of it like we're letting everybody work from home, how nice that is there, right? right. We're so blessed to have that opportunity. Um, but it, I thought about that flip side last week, and it was like, you know what? It's, it's actually the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. so, and, and for some of them working from home, it isn't. It's, it's been a real challenge. It has. Uh, yeah, you absolutely. Know, you know, juggling children in school and, you know, and, and, and all of those mm -hmm. things. It's, it's been a challenge. Think a simple question. Because they relied on. Yeah. That's gone. right. That's right. Right. Yeah. right. And I would add even, you know, beyond the C-suite of people leaders, we have people leaders all over our organization, right? Some are newer at it than others that are having to manage leading teams of people in this environment. And so... You know, I spend a lot of time thinking, how do I help, how do I make sure my call center supervisors are okay mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that are running a call center remotely? No, no, the people are not at the call center. They're at home, um, which, by the way, you would never have thought you could do, but actually you can, <laughs> right? You and, Innovation. Um, and then even in the power plants where people are at work, but you're still leading groups of people who are having a lot of stress because they are having to come to work every day, trying to keep them safe, 
trying to, you have differences of opinion about vaccinations, not vaccinations, masks, not masks, all happening mm-hmm. live. And, and you're, you're trying to run a critical infrastructure, right? And I know Hunt has the same issue. So supporting people leaders to help them know, A, that you can, you don't have to have all the answers either. No. You know, do your very best, call for help. We're here to support you, you know, but just getting that message out, um, I think is important because that, the, the, even the frontline leaders, even sometimes more, uh, I think have, are trying to figure things out. So supporting them mm-hmm. is, is important. I think that's a good way to uh, bring closure to the show is that you need support, employees need support, and everyone's trying to figure it out. I always ask my guests, um, and we're going to put it at the bottom of the screen as, uh, as we close this out, each of them were asked what they have had lessons learned <laughs> through all of this. So you can see that at the uh, end of the show on the screen. And we've all had lessons learned. One final question very quickly, just going around. Darren, I'll start with you, Dr. D'Agostino, which is, what is a challenge you would throw out to your peers? Very quickly. I think, um, I think the biggest challenge is to not be afraid of the innovations we need to change culture. Thank you. That's a good one. <laughs> get to go first. Um, my challenge would be to find some time every day to relax. You know, it's very hard to take a five-minute break during the day sometimes. And but I think I find that if you if I do it, I'm better. But I think everybody needs to to do that a little bit to just breathe and take a break and do not do twelve continuous hours of Zoom. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank yeah. you for that, Paul. Uh, my challenge is a little bit similar, but my challenge is remember to focus on what's most important to you, uh, mm. whether that's your family, your health. But we 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 sometimes lose sight of what our priorities are, and we all I would challenge all of us to remember yes. what's most important and focus on that every day. Absolutely, mm. good. Okay. Mine's a continuation of what Carrie said as well, which really is also asking your your team members, the people you work with how they're doing, and listen. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's a great one. It, it, it's something that we did in the beginning, put a lot of focus on in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And you just get busy running that, you know, hamster wheel every day. Um, so it's that's a great one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I hope you all have enjoyed this as much as I have. It's, it's been just, great. Thank it's you. It's just been, been real. Mm-hmm. We're good. Went it's, fast. Yeah, you <laughs> <have>. <laughs> and I would love for you to come back, maybe, and I don't know when. <laughs> We're all still learning and we don't have answers. When are you going to come back? I don't know. But thank you so much from my heart for the first town hall to be this this, uh, wonderful with great information. And audience, I have to leave by saying, you know what? If you've enjoyed this episode, would you do me a favor? Would you please hit that red button? That's the subscribe button, and that's what keeps me on the air. So do that for me, please. 
Until Push the next red button. Time. Push the red button. <laughs> Let's cheer them all. Bye for now. Cheers. Cheers. Bye Cheers. for now. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.